You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. I will share from God's Word. I need the help of the Holy Spirit today. I'll share from God's Word about... Uh, so, so I've been saying to some of the leaders that there's... The message has started. Okay. <laughs> take notes. Please take notes today. If all you can do is to write the scriptures, then write something. It helps me. make makes me feel like I'm making sense. Don't write it in your phone next to Instagram. Okay, but just take notes. Write the scriptures. What do you want to study tomorrow? So, what is one of my jobs as a pastor? One is one of the things that I know that under God, I must do. It's to be able to bring every single person who comes to LifePoint to a place where they serve God. Uh, they serve God from decisions that they have made. John chapter... Holy Spirit, John 2 or John 4, where the story of the woman in Samaria, John 4, 4, John 4, okay? John 4, the people, the Samaritan woman goes back, calls the people out, come and see Jesus, and they believe, and they say to Jesus, stay for a couple of days. When you read further down, they get to a place and they say to him, look, we now believe, not just because, they say to her, not just because of what you told us, but look, we believe because we have experienced him for ourselves, and so it is my desire that everyone, my work, our work as pastors, that everyone at Life Point is following Jesus. You've crossed the line, right? You are following Jesus. You're following God out of deep personal revelation. So it's not just that my pastor said, or Pastor Tokwe said, or someone said on TV. No. It is that I have experienced it for myself. When you read Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says that this is that God gives the body gifts pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists. He says to prepare God's people for works of service. And then he begins to speak about an interesting concept called Christian maturity. He says, till we all come to the place where we are mature to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Help me ask the person next to you, are you a child? Are you a child? Are you, are you a child? Are you a child? In fact, look at the other person and tell them, you have to grow up. You have to grow up. All right? A Christian, a mature Christian is nothing to do with your physical age. Right? So over the next couple of weeks, I will spend time teaching about everything or most of the things that I know about this walk of maturity. I will. I, I would I would and you know it's I I feel that you know myself and whoever else will preach here that we are like almost prophets shouting like Elijah will do in First Kings 18 saying, how long will you stand between two decisions? I feel like for someone here, there is a next stage, a next level for you in God. And so, what will, what will push you over? For, one of, for someone, it is a prophetic encounter. For someone, you will experience the power of God like never before. For someone, it is just us revisiting what foundational truths and doctrines Right, so I want to speak today about one of those doctrines, those foundational teachings about our faith. Just an understanding 
about our faith. So I have titled this The Anatomy of a Christian. Okay? In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the Bible says, Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, number one, soul, number two, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, we normally would say, look, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. Most people here have a phone. You have, you have mobile phones, right? And typically when you get your mobile phone... There's the phone that you hold. And then there's all sorts of... There's an operate, there's all software working in it, right? I'm going out of my depth because I'm not an IT person, but I'm just going to try. Uh, but there's software. So there's some... You, you are, you're, not, you're an Android. You're an Android person, right? You're Android, yes. Android is for like deep people. Yeah? And Apple is for rich people. <laughs> Um, but and then sometimes when you buy the phone because you know how much it costs you to buy the phone you put a case on the phone and then you put a cover on the screen but but you constantly have to so when you say your phone is not working it is rare but it is the fact that the case is not working Sometimes the screen breaks, but the phone is working. Sometimes the phone case is, is all tattered, but the phone is working. And keep follow me. Because sometimes when they say to you, we need to change the software within the phone, and you update it, it's amazing that nothing happens to your case, right? I don't know how many times you've updated the software on your phone, and then... Your case changed. If that happens to you, it's a spiritual update. <laughs> and so, guys, it is with a human body. It is a human person, the person. We are spirits. God in Genesis will form man out of dust, a body. The Bible says when he would breathe into man, the spirit, that man then becomes a living soul. That distinction between spirit, soul, and the body is key to understanding how God works in our lives and how his power, how his love works in our lives. In fact, when you read 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 4, I read in the Amplified, it says, but let it be, he's speaking about beauty, let it be the inner beauty of the hidden person of the heart so there's an inner man uh, when you read second corinthians chapter 4 and 16 paul says therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing yet the inward man is being renewed day by day 
let me tell the person next to you, tell them I'd like to meet you. I'd like to meet you. The real you, the real you, the real you. Because I am not my hair or the lack of. <laughs> I know I love your kaftan, but you are not your outfit. You are not the car you brought to church or the bike. Man is fundamentally a spirit being. So Jesus will say in John chapter 3, he says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. You are a spirit. Because sometimes when you act oddly, people will say to you, you're just a spirit. You're behaving like a spirit. That is the truth. You are a spirit. You're a spirit. Matthew 10, 28, in the Amplified, Jesus says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. This distinction is critical to charting your path, your growth path as a Christian. Because sometimes we then get preoccupied with the outer man. So, so what is the spirit? The spirit, uh, Bible would say, uh, Job chapter 32 and 8, it says there is a spirit in man and the breath of the Almighty gives him inspiration. In Proverbs chapter 20 and 27, it says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. It's interesting that when you read through scripture, you need to be able to distinguish between what God is saying, who is God speaking to? Is he speaking about your spirit, is he speaking about your body, or your soul? Because the born again experience, guys, and Jesus speaks about us in John chapter 3, is essentially something that happens to your spirit. When God says to man in Genesis that you will die if you sin, man continues to live in his body. Right? But there is a disconnection from God that is death. A separation from God. So when 2 Corinthians 5.17 happens, when Bible says, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. That new creation, that rebirth happens in our spirits. And so that's why when you get born again, your hair hasn't changed. If you only knew whatever skill you had, whatever emotional state you were in, you perhaps are still there. But Jesus says what is born of the spirit is spirit and what is born of the flesh is flesh. And when you get born again, you receive new life in your spirit man. Help me ask the person next to you, have you been born again? 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 Because you know, when we talk like this, we can see ourselves. And you know, sometimes we can't even really see the real you because your makeup is in the way. Right? But we can see you, but we cannot see your spirits. But this is where righteousness abides. This is where the life of God abides. 
And then there is a soul. And it's interesting because the soul mediates or intermediates between the body and the spirit. And and your soul, scripture would speak about your soul being saved. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, I think, he would talk about you have not so lend Christ. I'll read that to you. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, 17 to 24. Yeah, just, just stay with me. Because understanding this distinction, I am a spirit, I have a soul, I live in a body. Ephesians chapter 4, 17 to 24. Out of the Amplified. It says, so this I say and solemnly affirm with the Lord as in his presence that you must no longer live as the unbelieving Gentiles live in the futility of their minds and in the foolishness and emptiness of their souls. For their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded. They are alienated and self-banished from the life of God with no share in it. This is because of the willful ignorance and spiritual blindness that is deep-seated within them. Your soul matters. And, and very shortly I'll talk about why this is a big deal. The Bible says out of the heart proceeds the issues of life. Because your soul, your mind, your emotions, your will, your conscience your mind, your emotion, imagination. And when God talks about the kingdom, he says of righteousness, of peace, of joy in the Holy Spirit, that there is so much he wants to do in the soul of man. And and yet the soul is not obvious. And of course then there's the body. And we all know the body. (laughs) It's interesting that your body is not necessarily evil or contrary to God. It's not. However, what has happened with your soul and your body in the time when you were spiritually dead was that sin reigned. And so what happens was that sin wrote all sorts of scripts for your mind to work on. And so, before we were born again, our minds worked in darkness. Our souls, we, we looked for every way to be rebellious to God. And for the things that you did not do, you know, my pastor will say then, but some of the sins you didn't commit was simply because you could not afford them. Some of you did not take a second wife because it was just too expensive. You didn't do cocaine because how much did you have? You ain't. <laughs> but, but sin wrote all sorts of scripts within our souls, within our bodies. But when we get saved, God lays a claim upon our bodies also. In fact, I said in my notes that your body is meant to be a mobile temple for God. Your body is meant to be a mobile temple 
for God. I mean, let me read out from 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 15. It's a nice scripture. It says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? It says, shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. 19 to 20, if you go all the way down, it says, or do you not know? Tap the person next to you, tell them, do you know? Do you, do you know? Do you know? Yeah. He says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Hold up. And that you are not your own. I can't remember what message I was preaching a couple of weeks ago. And I just, oh, I remember I didn't preach. It was PFA that preached. I come to round up. And I said, it's amazing how as Christians, we do not talk about ownership. Follow you see this, your fine body? Medium height, dark and handsome. You're not your own, sir. Tigger. You knew this day would come. <laughs> All fair from the Niger Delta. Miss Lecky, 2018, and contesting for 19... Missus, sorry, for your husband sends me a text. <laughs> He says, he says, even the body is not yours. I know that's... He says, it's the temple. Have you been to a temple before? The reverence. I mean, sometimes in your travels, you have been to a, a nice one in Morocco. It's a huge mosque, I think. We went round. You're whispering. What can I do here? What can't I do here? And then in India, I've been to one in a class. We're going. Reverence. These people are seven idols. <laughs> what is a temple because as you begin to understand how you are made up but even though your soul is still being saved even though your body right is still recovering from the effect of the nature of sin that yet your body was is meant for God but your soul is meant for God because sometimes we teach our faith like all God wants is to deal with our spirits. That is why you must take care of your body. When you come out your body, your temple, God's temple needs to be smelling nice. Sharp haircuts. Weak. All together. Or natural hair, here we come. Makeup, okay. My wife is daring me like stop there there are things guys you need to you need to take care of your body with pride understanding that it belongs to God May I, can I speak freely if God said I'm coming to hang out at your house today you know there's everything you know the way your house for some of you you know the way you left your room you know it Plates, bed. The bed was the bed has never been made. What's that? Cutlery, boxer shorts. And you get a text from your rich uncle. Color, I'm coming now. I'm by the by the toll gate. Ha! Everything arranged. 
even when your pastor is coming. Sometimes when we visit you, we see your house all around. We know it's not like that normally. We don't deceive ourselves. Even our own house. If not for the fact that I like arranging. Your body. Your body belongs to God. Tell the person next to you, your body belongs to God. Ah, yes. Yep. Born again, full of the life of God in your spirit, your soul is under construction. Reconstruction, I must say. Because they used to run all sorts of strange software. Anger. They told they, they, they code software. They, they told you from any small thing, you ah, just explode. Lost. Because when you were a baby, you weren't looking at girls. Somewhere about maybe we were 12. They showed you an advert. Some small pornographic man. Hey, ha, this is what women can do. Wrote the code, wrote the code, wrote the code. Then you've tested that code over and over and over and over again. So that now when you look at women, they are objects. But thank God you are born again. Your body is not your own, sir. It belongs to God. If I let me read, talking about the body, one more scripture. Romans chapter 6, 12 to 13. It says, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, but you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. But present yourself to God as being alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness. Tell the person next to you, your body is an instrument of righteousness. Tell them like a prophet, your body is an instrument of righteousness. Yep. Yep. Guys, I'm your pastor. I have to tell you some truth sometimes. Sometimes when I go to parties, I'm afraid. I'm telling you. Okay, I don't really go to parties like that. But the one I see on social media. Some of the dancing. I don't, you know, I don't, I can't, I have to be honest, we we can't talk to each other. Some of the dancing, all that's left is that you have clothes on. It is really simulated sex, sir. Okay, let's just leave that one there. That's not his message. I just wanted to mention to guys that as you understand what to do with your body. But this is the conflict, right? This is the conflict. That I'm born again in my spirit. I have received righteousness in my spirit. Guys, and I will talk about this. I'll talk about grace and righteousness in the coming weeks. Because when you teach about God's grace and righteousness, the first thing that happens to us is that we... we we were like, it's not possible that God will have given me all the righteousness. I'm as righteous as I should be. It's not possible. That's why when Paul begins to describe it, he gets to a place and says, but am I saying that if grace is reigning in your life that you should sin? Because he's saying, look guys, it's not about works. This righteousness you've received in your, whole, in your spirit was a gift. That in your spirit you're all new. But that what we see on the outside, your behavior, there is work to be done. So the old man is is dead. So he says put to death. 
But I don't know how many of you, uh, and the thing is, for a lot of us, the poultry that we eat is delivered to our houses all cut up all, sometimes all fried already. But particularly, you will remember the time when, for Christmas, when you had to eat chicken, you had to kill it. Yeah. Okay, well, in Benin, we killed our chicken. <laughs> but, so, you know, they would bring it sometimes to, so I don't, how many of you have ever killed chicken before? Ah, huh? really? For real? There are more violent people on this side, yes. <laughs> Nobody here. You boys never killed chicken before. You have. All these ladies, you've killed chicken. You killed it. Not video game. Real chicken. You killed. And then sometimes what happens as you kill the thing is that you... There was actually a whole method. You would put the feather here. You put the feather, And then you would... Some guys like, my God, oh, gory. You, the chicken you eat, where do you think it comes from? This is how it's done. And you cut it. And then sometimes when you've cut it, <laughs> you know you have to hold it down, right? Oh, you have a story, right, Ogo? Because I think one time they were killing chicken. You told me before, and then her brother left it. <laughs> and the dead body began to move. <laughs> Everywhere, it's the shaking is, you know. And it's like that with the flesh. That even though it has died, my goodness, in your soul, it is still twitching. So you come to church on Sunday. Here I preach is a great message. You get born again. Your spirit is born again, alive to God. You step out and see Unikechi. My goodness. The programming in your soul goes step up to her. Tell her, baby, what are you doing tonight? But you're hearing the voice in your heart. This body is no longer yours. And so there is that conflict in the human life. I like how Paul says it in Galatians chapter 5, in verse 16. He says, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lust after the spirit, and the spirit after the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So you do not do the things that you wish. He says, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. For the works of the flesh are evident. Adultery fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies. Jealousy. You know jealousy. Outburst of rot on social media. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness. Hmm. Reveries. Who knows what reveries are? check it and the like of which I tell you beforehand just as I told you in the time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self control and so that the Christian life is a call to letting God's work life in our spirit man find a path through our soul and into our behavior. That you would let your spirit or your soul be overwhelmed by the life of God resident in your spirit. Because what then happens is that they then free you about three kinds of men. If we have those slides, we can use them very quickly. 
So there is the natural man. And the natural man is, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It says the natural man cannot understand the things of God. 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. It says neither can he. It says because the things of God are spiritually descent. So natural Nathan. That's not you. But no perception of spiritual things. They're dead spiritually. They are alive, but they're dead. The conscience is corrupted. Their mind is carnal. The body is trained and submitted to fleshy desires. No acceptance of grace. No revelation of God's love. And whenever you meet someone in their natural state, you must not turn, if you're a Christian, the Bible says those of us who are more mature, it is not, Bible says it is a gift. Second Ephesians chapter 2 and 8. And eight For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. Lest any man should boast. It is not something you did. So when you meet someone who is not saved, you cannot afford to look at them and say, oh my goodness, look at you in your natural state. No perception of God. You are going to hell. I'm going to be whispering to you from heaven. No. But there is compassion on your inside. There is pure love on your inside. There is a desire on your inside that they will be saved. The carnal man, the carnal Christian, and these terms are not just found, uh, in, by, found written by some... If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I think it is, or 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul begins to say, he says, I, brethren, could not address you as spiritual people, but as to carnal. So they are brethren, okay? They are brethren. You need to move the slides away, please. They are brethren. So they've been born again, received the life of God in their spirit, man. But they are, their soul has not moved on. It says, I could not refer to you as spiritual people. Help me ask the person next to you, can I refer to you as spiritual? Can I, can I, ref- I'm just concerned. Can I refer to you as spiritual? It says in verse 2, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not. Paul was not very politically correct. He wrote it as it was. In fact, verse 3 says, for you are still carnal. I can imagine just coming to church on Sunday and say, you, 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 carnal. No, no, sorry, I'm, that's not at all. You spiritual people. It says, for there's still envy, strife, and divisions among you. Carnal people get what we call carnal. So, so yes, uh, I mean, there's carnal caro and worldly was you. They are brethren. They've been coming to church. But there are certain lines that they have not crossed yet. Can we, can we flip? Go, next one. Oh, the guys at multimedia need to help me today, please. So, in the battle between the flesh and the spirit, they are still ruled by feelings, by sinful desires, and by emotions. In their love walk, they still sponsor strife and division. I tell you this, and it is one of the first marks of a spiritual Christian, somebody who has let the life of God come through their spirit, their soul in their body is that they do not sponsor strife and division. That is the first, one of the first ones. 
and their understanding of God is shallow, second-hand. In terms of their priorities, it's self, it's power, it's fame, it's wealth, it's pleasure. They still hold on to meats and false doctrines. So when we read Ephesians chapter 4, he says that you will no longer be children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So they are doctrinal winds. Should we tight or not tight? Should we speak in tongues or not? Should we be big church or small church? But it says, these guys have, they've come, they, they, they've, they have the life of God in their spirit. So people say, ah, oh, there's so many Christians in Nigeria. A spiritual Christian is alive, the spirit has put the body under, like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. And they're renewing their mind. They're renewing their soul. This is not the same thing as a perfect man. So a spiritual Christian, a spiritual shei, fine boy. Next slide, please. Ruled by the Holy Spirit. Treasures the bond of unity and loves all men. The understanding of God is ever increasing, personal research, tested. Bible says the Berean Christians were more noble. It says because they had gone back to check if the things which Paul taught were the same, were true. Their priorities are God, the kingdom, salvation of souls. They are spiritually minded. In one place, I think it's Romans 6 or Romans 8, Paul says to be carnally minded is death. But it says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So it means that I can be a Christian that has received the life of God in my spirit, but yet be experiencing death. Yet be experiencing death. Where I need to put this together so we can we can pray. You're a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Sometimes we behave like we are bodies who have a soul and then have sometimes have spiritual experiences. Paul will have a discussion with the Philippian church. He says, guys, I don't know whether to live here or not. Uh, he says, where do I want to reside? Heaven? Should I go now? Should I stay here? The reason a lot of us hold dearly to life is because we do not yet have an understanding of what is coming. It's like the guy who says, I can never graduate from this university. I can never, never. I will never graduate. I'm kind of like, ha, don't you know the life after? When we're in university, they'll say, the world, you're going into the world. The ability to break the hold of sin. I was praying about this and there's someone who's struggling with masturbation. And the ability to break that hold will come not from a place where you are trying to do works in the flesh. But the Bible says, as you live in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So where we started from, it's a prayer. It says, may the God, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your 
whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. No wonder Paul prays in Romans 12 and 1. But I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That you would not just be a Christian in your spirit, but that you would understand that God wants to use your entire being. For someone else, that you will understand that God's promises are true. Because when you read scripture sometimes, you will see him say certain things about you. Like all things have become new. And there is a conflict within you because you know that all things have not become new yet. For someone else, that you will understand that what happens within you is more important than what happens outside of you. God will say, Jesus will say, man shall not live by bread alone. And so that when we pay attention to the word of God, what we're doing is that we're saying to the soul, we're rewriting the software. We're rewriting how you have learned to live life, how you have learned to feel, how you have learned to process, how you have learned to submit how you have learned to decide. He says, Romans 12, it goes down and says, but you will not be conformed to this world. And so there are so many people carrying the life of God within their spirits, but it has no access to their soul and no impact on their body. So Paul will say, while I was a child, I talk like a child. He says, but something happened. I made a decision that this will be more than just something that happened to my spirit. And I, I decided that I wouldn't just be a casual Christian anymore. I'm saying to myself as I prepared this morning, but there have been so many people who, as they walk with God, they refuse for this thing just to stop in the spirit. And so it begins to affect their words. It begins to affect their disposition. I know you are dark and moody naturally. That's how everybody in your village is. But you get born again. You are paying attention to God. You are spending time in God's presence. And then suddenly a smile begins to maybe two smiles a day. And then a third smile. And then you go home and they're like, why are you smiling? We don't do that here. And then you tell them that something on the inside. Everybody in your house, you call you are sons of thunder. You both converse in anger. And when you grow up in that house, you know you had to learn to shout. Even when they are calling you, they are greeting you in the morning, it's shout. I used to be like that. Oh, I used to be hot tempered. Oh, God. Why are you smiling at It's not used to be. <laughs> My, I, I believe people are hot tempered. Though. We can't be melancholic in Benin. That's not possible. Everybody has to shout. Look, I saw her. 
who else? I don't know how many of us are. Anybody you say, Bini person. If you see my parents, they are proud and I love them. When my mother sees me, it's constant, straight. What is this beard you are carrying? Woman, I'm a grown man. <laughs> but, you know, when the Holy Spirit begins to walk in your life, the life of, you give it expression. I said to myself this morning, there are people who, after a while, that life of God they will be walking and that life of God is finding expression through their soul and through their body. And the Bible will say their shadows were healing people. They say it got to a point where they would take handkerchiefs from Paul, Peter, and people will be raised back to life. But you need to be hugging people and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. But the life of God within you needs to spill into the work that you do. Since you are the light of the world. And so that ability, guys, to consecrate ourselves is an old word, but it's true. To say, God, I actually do belong to you, spirit, soul, and body. But anything that programs my soul, I'm intentional about it. Music is powerful. Music is very powerful, guys. And there are things I've decided never to watch because of what they, they say to me, there's sexually explicit content in it, I will never watch it. Not just because I'm a pastor, it has nothing to do with me being a pastor. There are things you should not drink. There are things you should not smoke. If I don't know what you should smoke at all. You and I know what happens to you. You say you are high. Wake up in Ekbe. I can feel the tension in our lives, guys. But Paul says, look, we read the holy church these guys just they gave it up they gave their souls up they gave their spirits up they gave their bodies up I mean that's how all sorts of stuff can happen and, and one day I'm teaching I'm going to teach about the baptism of the, the baptism into the body of Christ because there's a line you need to cross when you come to church when you become saved where you are not holding on to your division or your your where you accept that we are one in Christ. And when we do that, when we get to that place, there's all sorts of amazing things that happen. Paul would say in 2 Corinthians 5, he says, I no longer know any man after the flesh, even though we used to do. I bring encouragement to someone. There's, there's a way to go in your walk with God. Don't give up at all. I know you are fighting, but don't give up at all. Don't give up. I know you're making mistakes. Don't give up at all. God looks at your spirit all beautiful, renewed in Christ Jesus. He loves you. He's always going to love you. Always going to love you. You're a child of God. But then would we renew our souls? Then would we bring our body under? 
would we say body you belong to God it's not mine it's not mine maybe part of the frustration we have in life is that for a lot of us we've been trying to live as if this life is our own and then we make mistakes and then we go back and we make mistakes and, but that I will submit to God's word I would go where he says I should go I would do what he says I should do I would forgive I would give, I would love I would take in the life of God I would not speak ill of men, I would let in my soul, let the word of God dwell richly this is not how I used to be this is not how I will always be. Paul says, I do not count myself to have achieved. He says, but this one thing I do, press on to the mark of a higher calling in Christ Jesus. It has nothing to do with your age. I don't know who it is in the room who would want to say to God that I don't want to be a child anymore. I don't, I'm tired of debt. The Bible says that to be carnally minded is debt. I will place some priority on my spirit and I will take care of my inner man. And I will take care of my inner man. And it's okay because you're that person and the people can see the conflicts in your life. They say, but you say you are a Christian. Just tell them, wait a bit. Wait a bit. Let's pray, church. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. For someone you want to start by thanking God for his life that is within your spirit. Thank him that you're not who you used to be. The Bible says, if any man is in Christ, is a new creature, all things are passed away and all things are become new and all these things are of God. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him for your spirit. Thank him for the life that we have in Christ Jesus. Thank him because we are not dead. Jesus says, whatever is born of flesh is flesh. We used to be born of a woman. It says, but who is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Thank him. And if you're not born again, it's a beautiful time here. Heads are bowed. Just raise your hand and I'll lead you in a quick prayer. But everybody else is praying and just thanking God. But anybody says, look, I've not been born again before. Anybody, raise your hand and I'll lead you in a quick prayer. Eyes are closed. Hands up, Idris. Could you lead me in this prayer that I want to accept Jesus and I'll be born again. As it were. We know you were born a couple of years into this world of the flesh, but you want to be born again born of God. It says if anyone receives Jesus, it says he has given us power to become sons. So if your hands are raised, just say, Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. I receive the forgiveness of sin because the blood of Jesus was shed on my behalf. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and savior of my life. Amen. For the rest of us, I don't know what you want to give to God this morning. Is it your spirit? Is it your soul? Is it your body? But a time must come in the life of a man, a person, where you need to cross that line. Where you need to cross that line. Pharaoh will say, "Take, let the women go. Let the men stay. He said, well, you guys can go, but leave your cattle behind. He tried to make all sorts of deals with them. I don't know what deal Pharaoh has asked you to make with God, but God wants all of you. All of you. All of you. 
all of you your spirit your soul and your body I don't know who that person is who you're saying Lord let me make it right first God says no you don't understand I am the one who makes men he says Lord let me fix this this habit let me fix this smoking let me fix this drinking let me fix this anger let me fix this moodiness God says hang on I am the one I am the fixer come on church come on church I Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.